0: Haven't fast forwarded through this part yet. Here's Brandon. And you have returned for yet another
1: week on The Brandon Peters Show. Today features a discussion on Academy Award winner Chloe Zhao's sophomore film, The Writer. Joining me to discuss it is filmmaker and multiple award winning director, including one at this year's Slamdance, Chelsea Christer. Hello. Good to be back. Before. Yes, great yeah. to be back. It's been too long. I know. All right. All right, so uh, first up, I got a couple orders of business this Friday the Here Now Festival. I will be on a panel called Off Mic, developing and producing for Geek Culture Podcasts. I'll be on with Rachel Friend of the 5-ish Fangirls Podcast and Brandon Wentz of the Crit Show Podcast. So we're just going to be talking about, it's this festival is like audio dramas and like, that kind of podcast or that kind of podcasting so they haven't really had like talk show other type of podcast. i think brandon wentz's show is about role playing and things like that so they're kind of introducing that and i get to be a part of that inaugural thing and we're just going to be talking about what it's like everybody talks about mics they talk about mixers and oh content stuff but we're going to talk about what we're doing when we're not recording like all the social media garbage making art writing up stuff so like all the stuff people don't think about with podcasts and takes up a lot of our time and then when you tell someone they're like how the hell do you have time for all that well we're gonna tell you at this you can find the schedule and uh, tickets and information and pricing all at natf.org and it's this friday at 7 p.m eastern and it's a virtual thing i'm not going to kansas city they would not fly me for it so i will be virtual also to no surprise of nobody popcon Uh, 2021 i'll be there july 9th through 11th i have a booth and you can come meet me talk about podcasts i have signed autographs there before and it makes me feel really weird this will be my first time there as the brandon peters show though so that's a, a whole new thing and i believe i'll be on a doctor who panel and a live show i think is happening but i don't know what this whole setup is because of all the covid restrictions and things like that but i've been told things have changed up so i don't I've been told I will have a live show, but I can't give you details because I don't know how it's going to go. So keep listening, keep watching my social media, and that's where it's at. So Chelsea, welcome back. Enough about me. Uh,
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Sorry it took so long.
1: Yeah, (laughs) no, things happen. I mean, you're in a different place now than when uh, I talked to you before.
2: Yeah, Um, dude. I moved from San Francisco to Los Angeles, and it's very different. (laughs) It is. And also, moving sucks. I know I keep talking about this with you, but moving is the worst. I do not recommend it. But my husband and I are very happy we made the move, and it's only been a few weeks, but it's already been really great. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for what's next.
1: It's a good town. I mean, I like. I I went back there in 2016, and I started getting all these like. Dri- it's a town that really gets you driven. Like you really want to be somebody in that town. It really like just being there if you're in the entertainment side of things I don't know if like you're into banking and stuff and you go to LA and you feel the same thing you're probably there for the beach but if you're yeah. there for entertainment
2: it's nice yeah it's uh the realization that we had was you know San Francisco I love I love the city it's the most beautiful city in the world and it's a part of my soul but like the work that I was getting in San Francisco just wasn't stuff that was making me feel 100% creatively fulfilled all the time and mm-hmm. and mostly like All of our friends moved to LA over the course of like the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so we were just like this island in San Francisco. And so people were like, oh, you know, in the pandemic, was it really hard just like being isolated, just the two of you? And we're like, we've kind of been living like this for like the last five years, you know? And so so we've seen more friends in the last three weeks than we have in like the last five years. So (laughs) it's been, it's been really great uh, for us socially, you know? yeah, there is an energy here. Everybody Mm -hmm. who's here wants to, you know, wants to pursue something bigger than themselves, you know? And I think that energy is just like, you can just feed off of that,
1: you Mm -hmm. know?
2: So I'm excited.
1: Yeah. That's very, very excited for you. I'm sure more thing, more good things are going to come from you, but just don't, don't ever make a movie like Pool Party. That was my (laughs) first experience there.
2: I haven't seen Pool Party, but you don't want um, to. You don't. Want okay, to. good to know. Good to know. Good no, to know. No, it was um, bad. It but, was bad. Uh, but noted. Noted. I'll I'll do my best to make you proud and not make Pool Party four. It
1: was <laughs> my first. Yeah, it was my first movie. I worked on there and my first premiere. And I'm. I guess I'll wear it with a badge of honor. Hey, one person. <laughs> fr- one person from that went on to write for The Office, so right. there is success.
2: There you
1: go. Bad, bad sex comedies. So. <laughs> And don't <laughs> listeners, don't go searching for it because I'll be Chappelle with that. They still owe me money. So <laughs> don't watch it till they pay me, just like Chappelle and Netflix. There, so there deal. we go. So, uh, yeah. Um, do you have any just kind of upcoming things you're working on? Like whether it's not commission or something or stuff that you're like got in your mind that.
2: Yeah, I've been doing a lot of writing and uh, you know, uh, my film Bleeding Audio has been doing the the festival circuit, you know, in this apocalyptic <laughs> time right. and that's a documentary but i really kind of come from the scripted world and so mm-hmm. i've been um doing just a lot of writing which has felt really nice and like a nice pivot but i have a short film that i'm trying to get produced over the summer and then i have um uh, three features that are in different stages of being written and i uh the other day i put together my writing calendar for the year and i'm booked up through december there so <laughs> <laughs> um, so i have a lot um a lot of rewrites and a lot of um a lot of outlining and a lot of just kind of bursting with stories at the moment i'm just excited to be kind of in this slightly more controlled space of of the scripted world yeah. um, than the uh, documentary world which is just you know it's life it's organic it's living it's just constantly changing and it could it can be endless unless you finally you know call it so it's been it's been nice to crack open the old final draft again and uh, and you know put some
1: uh, okay, put some words open. on a
2: page <laughs>
1: It's open I'll take five and yep. uh, get myself I, cleared
2: I literally on one of my to-do lists when I was like getting trying to get motivated at one point I literally wrote on my to-do list I was like open final draft just open it <laughs> that's all you have to do today is just open it and then like you know I, I was listening to some podcast with somebody um I think it may have been with uh Camille and and Emily V Gordon about their writing the big sick and he was talking about his writing habits and he's like, I try and write 10 minutes a day. Cause it's like at 10 minutes, if you're not like into it anymore, you'll just stop. Mm -hmm. But like, if you're into it, you're like, it could turn into an hour so easily or six or whatever, you know? And so I haven't started doing that yet, but I plan to, as soon as I get my, you know, everything unpacked.
1: There you go. Yeah.
2: Disaster room but uh but yeah but no it's been uh that's basically what i'm working on now i have some music videos too that i'm planning to shoot in the fall oh, cool. with uh with a you know a better known artist that i can't really talk about just yet but um but yeah i sure sting wouldn't mind yeah i mean like he just it's these ndas man <laughs> just kidding i did sign an nda i'm just trying oh, nice. to try to try to be quiet at the moment but gotcha. um, but yeah it's like there's there's an energy and there's a lot of stuff that I want to do and I don't want to burn myself out again but no, um, you don't want to go
1: right there right yeah, away right. and just go Ple. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I so, get you. Trying trying to pace myself, you know, get the house settled, you know. Gotcha. Uh, that's 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 my agenda. <laughs>
1: there we go. Are you when you write are you like a are you a, a hot, like I know you're talking about the 10 minutes but like I'm a rhythm person. Like I am mm. either here and it's just or don't stop me don't stop me and then when I come to show somebody they're like have you slept I'm like no I just had to hit the moment had to get in it
2: one of my goals this year and one of my goals with this kind of you know summer and year of writing that I'm that I'm trying to do is um is to like create better writing habits because historically i've written on inspiration which is kind of Mm -hmm. an amateurish thing to do you know you're inspired you write you go away you Mm -hmm. know like you should really like turn it into a practice right like that's at least what you know uh, that's if I want to do this professionally, I should be writing every day, like it's right. a job. But yeah, so I'm I'm trying to write more methodically. I do outlines, and then I move the outlines into the into um the final draft program and like type it in the script format and stuff. Like I I don't know what all my writing habits are yet because okay. so far it's like been oh, I'm inspired to do this, and I'll just like sit down and like suddenly like you know a day. I'm gonna will wait go for it to come to me. Yeah. Um, I did uh, like a, uh, one of the features that I'm rewriting, I had the idea just kind of stewing for like a couple years. And I literally just, because I work so much, I just had all this extra vacation time. Mm-hmm. So I like literally booked a cabin <laughs> in like <laughs> the mountains and I walked yeah. myself in it for two weeks and just got the first draft out. So nice. like, that's, you know, like it's, it's that's a little exciting. bit random, but no, yeah, you know, that's great. Like, I like that. like that happens.
1: <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah, I used to be a yeah. notepad and pen next to my bed person. Ooh, yeah. Because I look good like, practice. Like crap, like I need to write it down and stuff so, and I'm still that way but differently because I don't have the pad and pen. Like sometimes ideas I just stew on or whatever, but when I have to hit when the when it's there or yeah. I won't be able to sleep. If I can't sleep right. anyway, I might as well be scribbling it, so
2: yeah, I like when you force yourself to write and, and you're not feeling inspired and then that like just forcing yourself to do it turns into inspiration mm. and that's what I'm trying to make more of a practice. You gotcha, know? yeah. is like I used to write all the time and then I was directing a documentary for six and a half years of my life. Yeah. And then like every time I tried to break away to write, it would distract me or I'd you know lose focus. And so it's, it's like- still it's
1: still like, hanging it's, in your brain, the yeah. documentary while you're trying to, Yeah,
2: yeah. It's been good, you know. I mean, I think the last like month, you know, has been dedicated to moving, but um mm-hmm. I finally did rewrites on this short that I want to get uh, produced over the summer and um it's feeling really strong. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. Feeling All good. right. That's <laughs>
1: great. Well, I'm excited to see what comes of this. I'm very uh-huh. that's awesome. So, cuz hey. I liked in addition to your documentary, your shorts were quite good too. So.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're they're old now.
1: <laughs> they're old now, but it's still
2: But yeah, I'm excited to. uh,
1: Most of my favorite movies are old now. Like that's
2: true, true, true. I I guess like what I mean (laughs) is that there's um there's a lot of things I would do differently on those shorts. There you go. Oh, of course. Not not in a George Lucas kind of way, and more of a oh, "Oh, bitch learned a lot (laughs) since then. All good.
1: Maybe you can have time to make a special editions or be like Hitchcock and remake your own movie. So hey, yeah, maybe.
2: I mean, may as well, right?
1: Turn it into a feature.
2: Right. So there we I'll go. Option my own documentary. Turn yes. It into a <laughs> there you go. No more riding, no more rodeos. If you don't stop, your seizures are gonna get worse.
1: I'd sell Gus, Brady. I can't sell Gus. It's not like you can ride anymore. You seen Lane? Remember when he went three for three in McCool Junction? Want it? Yeah, that was a good night for Lane. There you go. Sometimes dreams aren't meant to be. Who's this?
0: That's Apollo.
1: Wow, that's amazing. A horse that never had nobody on his back before. Where are you going with that? I'm going to the rodeo. You don't need to go ride today. I'm in and I'm riding. Go kill yourself then. Too bad your mom ain't here. You and her could be stubborn together. I believe God gives each of us a purpose. For the horse, it's to run across the prairie. On, man. The is For a cowboy, it's to ride. The rider, which is Written and directed by Academy Award winner Chloe Zhao and starring Brady Jandro, Tim Jandreau, Lily Jandreau, Kat Clifford, Lane Scott, Terry Don Poirier, and Mooney as Gus, as the horse. It's about after suffering a near-fatal head injury, a young cowboy undertakes a search for a new identity and what it means to be a man in the heartland of America. This one was one that last time was on. You gave me a list of stuff. And uh, this was one of them on there. But we did Decline of Western Civilization. But I'm like, I want to do some of these other ones as well. And here we are with uh, the writer. And now, since we talked, Chloe Zhao has won an Academy Award. So awesome. Best Director. And she has a Best Picture Award. And she won another one for it, too. I think she racked up a couple that night. Yeah. When did you first see the writer? Did you see it the, around the year it came out? or
2: I saw it. I mean, it must have been 2017. I saw it uh, play at the San Francisco International Film Festival. Okay. Um, I was already really intrigued by Chloe Zhao as a director. Um, I saw Songs My Brothers Taught Me at Sundance in like 2011 or 12. I don't remember what year it played there. I remember seeing Songs My Brothers Taught Me and at, like at the end, I, I, I remember very few like experiences from Sundance that long ago, but I still remember at the end of that movie just thinking, holy fuck, mm-hmm. <laughs> like this person is a genius. Mm-hmm. This movie is so visceral and real and raw. And it was kind of like that um, her, I mean, because her whole thing is working with like real people. Right and like directing real human beings instead of actors not that actors aren't human beings but you know people with no acting experience yes um and uh and i just i just remember you know hearing her speak in the q and a afterwards and just being like oh this person is actually a genius she's very thoughtful it's not like she's just doing a documentary and like making it work she like mm-hmm. has a very strong narrative through line and so then um, when I saw that the, the writer was playing at um, SF International, I was like, well, I have to see this. Because like for my backstory personally, like I grew up on a, on a, on a ranch with horses and um, my short film Sierra was largely about the relationship between like a woman who left behind like her life on a ranch and like mm-hmm. this horse. And uh, I also use like non-actors in my movie, you know? So I was like, cool, I want to see this like feature length version of kind of what I did, but go also, ahead
1: and try Chloe. Go yeah, ahead Yeah. Right. Try I was like, let's see you
2: do it. Well, I've already yeah. seen her do it brilliantly once. So yeah. I was like, let's see the writer. And honestly, for me, just because I have that backstory and that connection to horses and, um, it's not like I'm a crazy horse girl, but you know, like I was around them, like I trained them. I, you know, I, I, I have a horse that I love, you know, like, and, um, and so it's just like, that like the movie was such an emotional experience for me. Like I, I think I was crying during like most of it (laughs) because it just like touched on all those themes of like, you know, having your identity tied to a certain part of you, having Mm -hmm. your body betray you, you know, and having your body essentially like betray who you are and like having to like reconcile that, but also like disconnect it from, you know, like, right. uh, you know another being which is not human that you love you know which is like being on horses yeah there's just so much about the film that I thought texturally was just so like just profound and in just like the human condition you know yeah no Um, it's great yeah yeah but yeah I just I loved the movie so much and I thought that the performances she was able to get out of these guys and the way that she leveraged like narratively but also physically like that you know his his friend who who has the you know who's the paraplegic like it, it was just it was just like the whole the whole experience from beginning to end not only touched me like super personally in my own experience but just like also as a filmmaker just being like fuck this is so well done
1: she's got she's really like she's obviously I mean she's influenced by she's you know you you can tell she's grown up on like Herzog and Malick mm-hmm. um and she's doing a very 70s thing here and Steven Soderbergh did it with Bubble where you just cast the people that live there and make a movie out of them and but she's got this really I don't know how she she does it in Nomadland too and she's using Francis McDormand in there and David Strathern but it feels like like you're watching life I I hate to sound really artsy fartsy blah but it gives you like by the end you feel like you've watched a documentary like emotionally impact wise but you've also you're watching a movie that looks it's 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 a to its own. It's really impressive, like yeah, because and she's got while while making these intimate type of like scenes directed, edit and cut. She also has this grand scale that looks humongous yeah. and for the big screen, like it is really unique to like her. Own, it, I'm I'm excited and sad that her next thing is a Marvel movie. I'm pumped, but yeah. But like, I'm like, where were you going next? Like, cause I'll compare it to so, so Michael Bay. This is a, I'm comparing out to Michael Bay here. It's real weird. I
2: am like, Hold on, I'll,
1: hold on a sec. Okay let, me, okay, let me explain. This
2: is feeling like a bit of a stretch, but
1: uh, this is what. <laughs> so he goes and does all these like Transformers movies, and in between, like after he had done like four of them, he did that Pain and Gain movie, and was like kind of a like a a fun like bro version of a coen brothers movie and i was like all right i'm like i kind of like to see this guy more than who's chucking out these transformers but then he went right back to transformers and i'm like i'd, I'd rather see something you're more interested in doing than these jobs but like because now chloe Zhao goes through this franchise thing and like when does she get off that train and come back to like I don't know. Yeah. It's, we live in a weird. I mean,
2: I'm sure she weird. will. Like that's the yeah. thing is that like, I think um, to kind of go back to what you were saying yeah. about her, about her films being incredibly cinematic. I think like a part of that, which I feel like we're all silently starting to recognize is mm-hmm. we've lost on location shooting. Like yeah. something that makes something feel cinematic is when you know it's real and not like a green screen, you know? Yeah. And it's like, not to shit on green screen stuff because some of the like incredible worlds that are concepted and built in, right. in those like in those VFX shots are amazing. But like mm-hmm. the simple act of like actually shooting on a location in, you know, on a reservation, like or you know, in Montana or yeah. wherever they were, like that, like that creates a texture and a cinemascape that like you can feel, you know? Right. And so she's so conscious of that. But I also feel like what's really unique about her is, like, she just has such deep empathy in her in her directing, mm-hmm. you know? Like, there's so much that she, like, I mean, there's just no judgment. She's just kind of presenting it and yeah. embracing, you know, all of her characters and the people she meets and telling their stories in a way that's deeply empathetic, but also, like, just, like, it's just so equitable, you know? It's just, like, everybody is just, like, we're all here together, you know? And mm-hmm. it's it's equal, you know? Yes. And she's just telling these really wonderful, gentle stories that are walks of life. And they do feel like a documentary because they like all of her stories are grounded in such rich reality, you know, like, and that's what I love is that she kind of tricks you into like, Oh, I'm watching a slice of life movie. It's going to be kind of quiet and slow, but she has these, like the emotional arcs are so deeply rooted in narrative, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and they are very like driven that like you still feel something from it, you know? Right. It's not like a slice of life movie You're like, oh, I have one feeling. Like you actually, like she keeps the narrative rising and falling in a way that makes it feel more like a ride, you know? Like I feel like that's what makes her stand out so, so strongly is that she, you know, whether she has to do all these reshoots or whatever, because I heard she had to do a ton of reshooting in uh, Songs My Brothers Taught Me or a ton mm. of pickups and she kept going back and forth. Like I think production spanned like three months or something like that of going back and forth and like filming stuff i'm not sure what it was like on the writer but um but basically like you know she she explores you know she Mm -hmm. gives herself that space and time to like do the research to like make sure that she's embedded in whatever story she's telling so she knows how to keep it going and and to give like the characters their their honest moments you know right and I feel like um, at least what I'm excited about is like, sure. I mean, we have this beautiful indie director who's now Oscar winning second woman ever. First woman of color ever. Um, and um, and I'm really excited to see her treatment of the Marvel universe, you know, hmm. kind of like I, mean, I am. Taiko, That's what, Taiko, yeah. like Tycho Watiti was like mm-hmm. a total, you know, curveball when they were right. like, oh, Tycho Watiti's is going to direct a Marvel film. I was like, love him. He has a Maybe very strong voice. Maybe she can be voice. like him
1: between movies you know? and stuff. Yeah, Yeah,
2: yeah. like, because Taika has such a strong voice, you know, and like mm-hmm. it's very, it's very hard to like kind of blend into the Marvel universe. And well, so like he also w- has one.
1: One of them that's so strong they couldn't hold him back. Like, right. And that's why my worry with like whenever a big name director, like Taika, he's thrown through, James Gunn, of course, he easily, they're not gonna mess with him. Hopefully she does a lot of times because like they tend to like, dissolve the colors and stuff and like they'll look cool in the trailer and then you get the movie and it's like flat, you know, sometimes, mm. but sometimes they're the, the production design on Ragnarok was so strong. It just, I, to me, it pushed so through. Um, yeah. and his ideas, that's a humor. I'm hoping they just let her go with this and just do whatever. I'd really like to see it get more filmmaker driven. Yeah. But,
2: well, and I think too, you know, um, cause Eternals, and I'm trying not to like get too many spoilers or get like too into it because I yeah. just kind of want to go in in fresh. But it's kind of about mutants, right? It's the first introduction of mutants. Into some
1: there, I don't know what it is. Yeah, like
2: that's kind of like what they did with Scarlet Witch and um uh and uh Quicksilver. Quicksilver, thank you. I was like Silverfoot, Quicksilver. Um, and that's kind of like what they did with them. Is they're like, mm-hmm. oh, they're like enhanced beings. They didn't say mutants or anything. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, um, you know, I, I heard that Marvel got the rights back to yep. like mutants. And I just wonder if this is gonna be the introduction because they're all enhanced. And like, I, I just feel like if there's any property in the Marvel universe, that's gonna like require deeply empathetic storytelling that mm-hmm. she has the capability of and have like a something that's deeply rooted in reality and can have that rich cinematic texture, mm-hmm. like a mutant story, like, that's why X-Men has always been one of my favorites, you know, yeah. is because it's, you know, it's, a, you know, it's an allegory for racism. <laughs> right. You know? And it's just, like, this is, like, she's the one who I feel like can pull out that, like, texture, you know? I don't know. At least that's that's the way I, I that's my hope.
1: Right I, I hope too. Like, I really, I, yeah. I mean, I do. And then her, but well, I am really excited about her next one after that. It's, like, a space western Dracula. A space
2: western Dracula? That's
1: awesome. That's all. Yeah, that's all. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm down with that. So, um, that's that's cool. But yeah, like, because I, I I know that she'll be able to do what she wants with that. With Marvel, there's always like the we got these filmmakers, but Kevin Feige controls everything. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting. But it's hey, they know how to hire i guess they know they know talent so
2: totally well yeah i was there was some podcast or whatever or something that i was listening to an interview or something with like um the kind of like indie to marvel shift and a big part of it is like they already have like a ton of their vfx stuff in those films pre-viz, like a year before production Mm -hmm. even starts with those directors so like all the fight scenes and everything it's all it's all already like yeah
1: second unit it's all
2: already constructed you know and so it's like you know what I don't know for me as a director, if I was like going into a Marvel movie and they're like, we've already taken care of all the like big crazy action stuff. I'd be like, thank God, because <laughs> I'm like, I want to worry about this stuff, you know, right. like, you know, so I don't know. It'd be, it'll be interesting well, to see.
1: Well, then you get like, um, uh, what's his name? Um, the goat, uh, cinematographer Deakins, Roger Deakins. Deakins yes. Who won't go near one of those movies because of that. He yeah. wants to shoot it. He wants,
2: well, and he, as he I should. Want, yeah um yeah, that's right i always used to have this really bad joke that was like like deacons gets nominated every fucking year yep. right every year and yep. i remember they're like who you think's gonna win for cinematography i was like i don't know but it's not gonna be deacons because yep. like they just would never give it to him and now they he's finally got two. it now he's got two yeah He finally have him for blade runner and then um whatever that last one was so finally
1: yeah, finally, finally. There. but i guess the writer which was not shot yes, by Roger deacons is no. not a marvel movie no. it's a movie to marvel at yeah. Way
2: to bring us back on track.
1: <laughs> That's right. But yeah, this one, uh it's got real people based off a, the guy in this movie is really going through that. I don't know if it was as brutal an injury as depicted in the film. But she once gets a slice of life, gets local people and just I feel like. There's something in their non-performance performances that feel like I'm watching like real people. It's it's real weird because they're not given like grand performances. They're not. It, it looks effortless almost, um, in a way. Uh, but and, and to your point, where her empathy is, she's not a vindictive filmmaker either. These arcs, they they're human. Like the father is depicted as this alcoholic gambler, just pissy guy and but at the end of the day he cares like he doesn't want his son in the rodeo anymore he has a horrible way of going about telling him this but then he also helps him get a new horse and shows up to the rodeo at the end like and then to that extent he doesn't ride when he's not supposed to ride like some other movie have been like he's gonna ride and once you you're gonna hear the gate go and we're gonna go to black Right, you are going to cheer and you're going to wonder what happened right like or you're going to like yeah. you know not this this is honest it's like he's you know he knows better like it takes him to get to that point where he could do it again and he finally realizes like he doesn't so
2: And that's, and honestly, and I feel like that's what I've always really appreciated about her storytelling is again, like it's taking these real people and just like grounding them in like real choices, you Mm -hmm. know, it's not like he's going to make this unrealistic choice and die or like get himself close to dying, you know, it's like, you know, which he's already done. Like that's, that's the choice that we've like witness the fallout for yeah. and then this is him trying to make the second choice right, right. i think that that's just like choosing to tell the story at that point is like what i think makes this film in particular so compelling is because mm-hmm. like you know the movie that would like cut out as soon as the gate goes you know like yeah. that's, like that's the one that ended right before this one started right
1: right right yeah perfect yeah that's that's brilliant right there yeah uh and they just speaking of that they do show his injury from uh, watching on YouTube, thing from watching his highlights, he's always living that, and that that I that's got to be tough. Like that's gonna be tough to watch. Like, and he just watches it like, no, well, it's nothing. Like,
2: yeah, he was at the Q and A for the mm-hmm. for the screening that we went to in San Francisco, and he got like a standing ovation. He had like his wife and kid there, yeah. and it was like it was just very sweet because he's just like, I'm just a guy. Like, give you know, give. Her all the credit, and Chloe Zhao was there too, and I was just like, whatever. I was just like, I fucking love you, <laughs> you know, because she's just like, she's so brilliant. I think he just had a great story to tell, and I don't know how she found him, but like, that's I think that's just you know the nature yeah. of of her storytelling. It's very documentary like right. yeah, the kinda, way she finds stories.
1: He kind of parallels his friend with like yeah, see, like because his friend sits and all he does is watch his old videos of himself before he yeah. had his accident. So there's yeah, that's. did you
2: read about the backstory of of him
1: i didn't i I, was that really him in the video and then really like oh geez so
2: that's really him and he really is a paraplegic and apparently what happened is he what what ended up causing his um you know this injury that paralyzed him um was a car accident it wasn't actually it wasn't actually like a, a you know, riding in a bowl. But, um, yeah. but I mean, that's happened to a lot of men. So, you right, know, yeah. it's, it's like, it's not uncommon, but no. apparently, yeah, it was just like a freak car accident. Oh, so wow. tragic. Yeah. So, so fucking tragic.
1: Yeah. I've never had a tragic accident like that, but like I have, so I don't know if you tell, like my eyebrows are two different sizes. So I got a
2: short. Oh, I never noticed that before.
1: So when I was my senior year in high school, I was in a production of, uh, hello, Dolly. And I played, <gasps>
2: I uh, uh, was in pit orchestra for Hello Dolly in oh. high school. I played. I played viola. <laughs> oh,
1: nice! I was Barnaby Tucker. Yeah, I know Barnaby. And uh, there was a scene where I'm. I was supposed to. There's a trap door at the beginning, and I'm supposed to look down, say something. St- cans of tomatoes are supposed to blow up. And the second night, the flash pot or whatever, the crew had run out of the gunpowder or whatever they were using it that had been used for decades. So they had to buy new stuff. They filled it up just as much, but this is more powerful stuff. And it blew up and like huge. And all I felt was a whip in my face and I couldn't see. And we're in the middle of uh, Put On Your Sunday clothes. Yeah. And I couldn't see. And I was like, oh my God. And I was, I was like, Okay, um. so I just was, my my I, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, and also, don't fall in the trap door, don't fall in the trap door, and our stage was built up in levels, and I had to go across a bridge during this song and shit, and so I started getting, a. I saw Cornelius, I, like a blur up there singing, so I just kind of followed that to finish, and I was trying to suck it up, and then I went off stage, and I like fell down, and I was like, Oh my god! Oh my god! And my director came back and was like, "That was insane. Are you okay?" I'm like, "I think so. I just need to chill." She's like, "Okay, we'll suck it up. Finish the show. Go." And and that so fast forward, I finished the show. That night we were watching somebody camcordered the show, and we were watching it at an after party we had, and they went to the part with that everybody want to see that thing blow up and like there was a ball of fire around my head when they paused it. And like, because I had like singed tips and everything like that. But like, this is apparently where it hit me the hardest because I was like looking down like this. But I freaked, I had to leave the room. Like I couldn't watch it. Like it Yeah. no like, me out that much. But like yeah. they paused and there was a fireball around my head. And I was just like, I freaked out. So I can't imagine watching a horse right? stomp on your head over and over right. you, you have You're to imagine like he me. watches this like yeah this is part of his routine but like I was like I, I couldn't watch myself I'm like living fine with just a little short eyebrow but I can't imagine watching my head get stomped in like that oh my god over I yeah get, the paraplegic I get that's all he has now like that's right all, like so maybe but
2: Ooh. Oh, man. Yeah, that's rough. That's brutal. I mean, I, I guess, like, you know, everybody handles trauma in different ways. Sometimes, like, just rewatching your mm-hmm. trauma over and over might make you, like, reach acceptance faster. I, guess. I don't know. But, like, it's not for everyone. I wouldn't want to see my head in a ball of fire. No, it
1: was really freaky. <laughs> um, it
2: freaked me out. Or like, stomped on by a horse. I mean, there's a reason why I don't do it's ton a horse stuff anymore either, you know? Like, I've been thrown enough times. Yeah. Like, eh.
1: I was like, how <laughs> did I only how am I like, like I didn't even have a sunburn nothing that's like, crazy how did I have hair like is insane but part of the, the thing that goes in is there's this writer culture and it's about they're like give him there's a bunch of guys pressuring him to get back in or making fun of him for yeah. not being there and like even some local people are like like when he gets a job at the grocery and that guy from songs my brothers told me or whatever he shows up and he's like yeah. He's like, oh, you get back on there. Don't you worry. Like, why are you saying that? His head had staples all through it. And, and even, it even showed like, even in the slowest parts of the country, the slowest towns, there's a impatience in the world. Cause he, like, yeah. won't even stay at the hospital to heal up. He's out, he's hurrying himself to get back in there. Like, it's insane that, like, Got to live now, now, now stuff, and yeah. it's insane to see even the smallest places.
2: Yeah, so. no, that's a that's a really interesting observation. Um, because I also think though that that's that's kind of the the drive of like when you have a dream or you have like you know a passion, right? Is that mm-hmm. like, and again, like that whole concept of of your body betraying you, you know, yeah. um, even if you sort of gave it a good reason to, <laughs> 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 it like you know, you just, it's that denial of like, no, I'm fine. Like I I can still do the thing I'm passionate about, you know? And then, I mean, like, let's not even talk about like toxic masculinity that is like entrenched in the like, you know, bull rider culture, you know, like it's so, the only reason why it exists in the first place is like, Because it's a bunch of dudes being like, "I can ride this bull for as long as possible. Look at how look at how much like my bulls are. Like I got this. Like look at how tough I am. You right. know, like it's that's it's a hundred percent just testosterone. Like you don't see like this is a matriarchy. Bull riding wouldn't <laughs> exist. That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> right. And, I mean, it is weird because like he's not even riding in like big competitions. These are local. Yeah. South Dakota, I think, shows, or that's where yeah. they shot. But, um, but that's yeah. Like but he's
2: like, like a local celebrity, right? You know, yeah. He's like he, he gets his picture taken. Like, yeah, he's like he's like known. You know, to the
1: 20 so people in the town. Yeah,
2: that's, right. You know, but that's a right. thing, right? You know, like we, especially now, you know, you want to talk about like speeding up and slowing down. Like, I mean, social media or not. Like, we're like for whatever reason, like our you know culture, especially here <laughs> in the states, is so is so attracted to fame in any form, you know, or right. just being known, you know. Um so it's like you kind of see like he's getting those like, you know, those like dopamine motivators of like, oh, people know who I am and they care, right? Right, yeah, you know? yeah.
1: Like I'm I'm a big deal for a day. Awesome. Yeah. Let's try to keep let's try to keep this train rolling again. Yeah. 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 It There's I mean so much more he could do. Like he's got a sister to take help take care of with his yeah. father and uh but yeah, it's yeah, it is a tempt. That's part of his temptation. Like every time he looks at his hand, he like realizes he knows better. Like that's yeah. kind of a thing. It's it's really yeah. yeah that's hard to watch with him opening his hands up yeah. and stuff. Like. I'm like oh.
2: Cause the shoots- scene that like destroyed me is when he gets on the horse and rides it, mm-hmm. and he you can kind of tell he's like I think this is my last time riding yeah. ever. You know, and it's just like oh my god, I was just like a weepy mess in the. <laughs> in the theater watching that, but um, it was like the closest to acceptance I feel like he got.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
2: He was like acting in denial, but like reaching acceptance,
1: you know? Right, right. And I kind of wonder too, uh, I watched it like twice. I was like, I was like, did his father go for selling the horse first to try to protect his son in some fucked up way? Or rather, because when you watch, you're like, God, this guy's a dickhead, the dad, but that guy's probably had bad, you know, the, the, mother is his wife's dead for some i don't think they they talk about it didn't
2: really they didn't really no. clarify no. It's just that
1: he looked like her that was about yeah. that's it but yeah it's kind of weird and it, it's weird like it feels this movie feels like it could be happening the next town over from her first movie like that's yeah how,
2: i think it actually is oh like i think the reservation that she filmed songs okay. my brothers taught me is nearby
1: Gotcha, and then like Nomadland feels like it's the next town over from that. Even it's weird. She's got these. She's, she's
2: got a place. She's got a location. <laughs>
1: she's, she's got to She's got a focus on like these great stories, um, and traumatic and kind of you know empathy stories of these flyover states places that people just don't seem to think there's anything to give a shit about, and right. she's showing what these people go through because you don't give a shit about right um, and it's a really interesting and because she's doing it and no one else is you yeah know, you're getting some good stuff out of there and like but it's like yeah everywhere he has a story like it's not all new york people and all that stuff and like oh we'll slum it we'll do this one in chicago no there's like right interesting stuff to be around and i mean if you're a, like I, I i joked last time about watching movies like you know to me they're like ones and o's because i'm just like film geek more than i am like oh i just only want to do horror <laughs> do. but like yeah. i'm like you can find something to enjoy in them and as long as your people studies are as interesting as there are she could do whatever just like you know with the eternals and all that so
2: yeah well i think like i think what she does that's great is she is focusing on kind of a niche area of america of, of america mm-hmm. really but i think um she has like this beautiful curiosity that I think is required when you're a filmmaker and definitely required when you're a documentary filmmaker is just like appreciating that every life is uniquely interesting and Mm -hmm. has its own journey and um, that there is drama to be told, you know, just because like the, you know, humans live these diverse and weird like lives and have different like hopes and dreams and have different, you know, you know, economic (laughs) situations too. And, you know, geographical locations and all of those things can come into play to like create like really compelling stories. But it's like, you know, um, like the writer and, you know, Sound of Metal are two very similar stories, you know, like it's, you know, it's about like when, you know, when your body betrays you and keeps you from the, you know, your dream, right? Like, and that's like um, you know, so many people can relate to that in some way or other, you know. Um, and it's just like if you want to thematically like link those. I mean, I think Sound of Metal is a little bit more about addiction, but um, but I think like you know, those are t- like these two films are telling like the same story. It's just like you know, different people, different places, different dreams. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You know, and different both, afflictions. Yeah, focus on, like, a lot of people in their 20s who believe they can only do one thing. They're only here for one thing. Right. Be, I went to college for this, but guess what? You're probably not going to be doing that. Or, right? you know, like, stuff like that. But you don't realize that till you cross 30, and they're like, oh, yeah, why did I focus? You know, you, there, there's lots of ways to get that thing you want or do that thing you want while doing other things. But, yeah, when definitely the 20s where you think you're immortal. Right. Or, and you are here for a purpose you have a purpose all right. that stuff so sorry for those in your 30s still purposing but we just gotta fight i mean
2: it's just like <laughs> i think everybody's purposing yeah. it's just yeah. you know most of the people in their 30s are like oh i get it now you
1: get and a better so, view yes yes yeah,
2: yeah you're like yeah, oh you're i get it yeah yes, get, yes. So in your 20s you're like i'm gonna be someone then you're like that's
1: not the point no oh, i'm kids. gonna do it the best thing was when I when I was living in Los Angeles and like people were telling me like, Oh, I'm gonna move there or people would say, Oh, but I'm gonna do it differently. I'm like, I'm sure you are. I'm really sure. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to Good see life. you're different. Yeah. What's your idea? Oh, well let me tell you about every other person who had that idea. You just got to fight. You got to keep it up. You got to be yeah. strong. So. That's kind of
2: the, the thing I've been telling people, too, is, is, like, you know, I I know that, like, coming here to Los Angeles, like, I'm just going to be immediately humbled, you know, because I'm like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. feeling hot to trot. Got my films, got awards. Sundance, whatever, and it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, or Slam Dance, and it's just like, oh yeah, so does like literally everybody else here, you know? <laughs> and so yeah. it's like, it's a much bigger pond, and even if I was a bigger fish in San Francisco, I'm a very small fish in a very large pond, and that's right. fine. It's just you know, I think like if there's anything that I learned in my 30s through through these films, similar to The Rider and others, is like you just gotta like kind of do what you love to do, and and yeah. people are either gonna get it or they don't. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so just stay stay true to you don't don't let them change you
1: <laughs> no no change no change yeah the writer uh was also uh listed as one of uh president barack obama's favorite films of the year it came out so great great guys taste, got great taste, taste in
2: movies yeah, yeah. No, he I think does I think that same year he also listed blind spotting which is yeah oh
1: amazing. that movie is awesome so i haven't good. watched the, and show, the TV yet.
2: show just started yeah i haven't yeah. watched it i haven't watched the tv show yet either but but yeah, the movie was so like deserved way
1: more. <laughs> yeah, it's funny my kids are like Hamilton freaks and it's got cool. David Diggs in it and yeah. I'm like, I want to show you blind spotting but you guys are 9 and 7 and I'm not sure we're we're there yet but
2: Yeah, it's a it's a little um I mean I think that the themes are important for Yes, for no, the to themes see, are but but it, there's a lot of fucks I think in it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, a okay.
2: lot of a lot of uh, f-bombs maybe yeah, a little
1: right? bit of intensity. I go I show them the hate you give instead. That's more of Yeah, the, the hate so, you
2: give was great too. Yeah. So, but yeah. But yeah, good
1: one. But, yeah as cl- Chloe close out her t- like I just have loved her journey so far. Um if you haven't ch- if you found her with Nomadland and you like that, go backwards. Um you could watch mm-hmm. you could watch her first film on Canopy uh for free which is the most underrated i know i talked about it on the i talk about hbo max and canopy a lot but um canopy you just need a library card and you get a whole library of great stuff
2: it's fucking awesome
1: it's fucking awesome um i believe later was on stars and is on blu-ray so you can check them out there
2: it's really great everybody should watch it and um nomadland is great i kind of like the writer better
1: (laughs) there you go oh oh i think they're all three quite good Uh, all
2: great but i just feel like the writer like i said i had just such a close personal connection to it Mm -hmm. that it like i i just feel like very few movies get me get me like that
1: I've learned something over this last year, which is pretty funny. Um, I've learned that real-world human-to-human tactile contact will kill you, and that all human interaction, whether it be social, political, spiritual, sexual, or interpersonal, should be contained in the much more safe, much more real interior digital space. That the outside world, the non-digital world, is merely...
0: A theatrical space in which one stages and records content for the much more real, much more vital digital space. And is it just me or,
1: or do pirates need to take a little bit better care of their fucking maps? What else? This is where we usually talk about something we might have taken in recently, watched, read, maybe produced, put out, wrote. But this week's unique because we have the same one. <laughs> we have Bo Burnham's Inside, the yeah. Netflix special, which you brought as possibly talking about as the main thing. But I'm like, let's do what else with this one so we can do two for here. So this special he made while in quarantine by himself in a room. Um, uh, and it is talented
2: motherfucker
1: <laughs> what he made is not easy like you think no. uh, one room like he's got lighting and uh, cut like producing music <laughs>
2: it's just... yeah well and the thing is is that the the visuals that he that he filmed for it and mm-hmm. the lighting gags and the lighting cues and everything are so closely tied to the music it's yeah. like you can't like I can't figure out what came first. <laughs> like he's right. so he's such a good director and he's so intentional and so smart. And I've just been I've been obsessed with Inside. Like the last like week <sighs> and a half, I swear I've just been like I've watched it like three times and like I I've listened to the to the um, album now that it's up on Apple Music yeah. too. And like I just like it's just so it's just so good. And it's so annoying that he just like made the whole thing in quarantine, but it also like the trauma that he probably went through in order to make it is a whole other well, thing. Like,
1: I'm like, are you traumatized by the, the quarantine? Or are you traumatized because you're working your ass off on this damn thing? Like, which is it? Cause I'm like, I, uh, think it's both. <laughs> like, I mean, the, the one, the one that stuck out to me, like you could have just made this, and it'd been, everybody had been like, wow. Is this Heaven or White Woman's Instagram? That yeah. song? That yeah. video, like, holy shit. So funny. Nailed it. So yeah. Like, Nailed it.
2: It was so good, too, because, like, the visual tie-in is, because, yeah, like, the, the song itself is already, mm. like, very funny. Yeah. Um, but also very pointed. Um, but, like, I love how visually the whole thing is, like, the square, Mm-hmm. but then as soon as he as soon as the part of the song where um it's like a, you know her favorite picture of her mom like mama I miss you like 10 years without you and then mm-hmm. like the margins start to expand because it's like oh she's actually being honest you know yeah. she's actually like like this person is is showing some shred of like of like openness and and realness and then also just like like, oh, I have a job that I love and an apartment <laughs> and my boyfriend. And it just becomes all of this, like, you know, yeah. this like presentation again. Instead right. of being like, oh, I love you, mom, I miss you. It becomes like this whole presentation of like how great my life is, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, and then the like margins shrink again. And it's just so brilliant because that's like, it's just such a great commentary. Like, his commentary on social media in general is like really oh, brilliant. Like, eighth, eighth grade was. I think a masterpiece of a film and like whenever he brings it up and talks mm-hmm. about it, it's like, it's just very well put, but yeah, like the song that like welcome to the internet. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a masterpiece. Like it just is like, like he could have just
1: picked one lane and he nailed them all. Like it's, it, it's incredible. Like, and you're up, you're happy for him, but you're upset when it's over. Cause it's yeah. like, Oh my gosh, everything was just, turning out gold right and left and I, I did have the I had to wonder because I've made stuff before and like I'm like what moments in there weren't genuine? Like he's like, I need to take this again or I need to move this into this. Like what yeah. was set? What was not? Like the fact I don't know is praise because like every every piece of that couldn't have been a genuine moment. Like how many times did he do the birthday take? Like you could right. change that clock in the background or you could probably digitally put that in, in the background. I'm like, "What is I'm like, what is it? What is and what isn't?" I'm like, "It couldn't have gone that flawless. It couldn't have been, but then maybe it did." Yeah, maybe it did.
2: And it's interesting cuz I like went I got so obsessed with it or whatever. I like went and like rewatched some of his other specials mm-hmm. and like he mentions in um in like Make Happy where he's and I think he even does it in what also, but he like addresses he's like i'm a performer like nothing up here is real like Mm -hmm. none of this is real but i think like what was really interesting is that um he like acknowledges at the end of make happy how much the audience is like this curse to him, you know, like mm-hmm. he, you know, part of me fears you, part of me, loves you. Part of me, like, you know, yeah, like, doesn't know like how to live without you and all this. And then it's like, you know, he goes into hiding basically for the next five years and, you know, is very, he, he wasn't open about it then, but he's open about it in this special about like all the mental health issues he was going through, mm-hmm. like, you know, having, having been a performer and you know everything that he's been through um just being like this initial youtube star you know um, yeah. which i didn't even know actually my entry point to Bo burnham was um eighth grade actually and i yeah. really went back it's a great movie. um but um but i think like what i find interesting about the special is that like it it feels genuine in like I wonder if he like had those moments for real and just like reconstructed them to like Mm -hmm. make them more cinematic or more presentable. But I also feel like, um, which, you know, is in itself like a little bit inauthentic, but it's also like, um, it's just the special is so self-aware and self-indulgent about it being self-aware, right. You know, self-aware about it being self-indulgent because it, it, to me, it like, it reminds me of, um, You know, like musicians make albums or stories about like their very personal stuff that can be universally accessible, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it's very, like, singularly very personal, like, point of view. And I feel like he basically just did that with like his music, but also the special, where he's like, this is what I'm going through. I'm creating a piece of art, a piece of cinema, a piece of music that's like what I'm going through in this time that's going to be very constructed and it's going to be art. So it has like a, a layer of inauthent- in inauthenticity to it, but it's also like deeply rooted in like reality and like his like point of view. You know it, what
1: I mean? It's like a, it's like a four dimensional prog rock comedy concept album. Yeah. Like- piece of it's art it's very listenable that's, you know yeah. like
2: on its own you know yeah. the visuals i think you know enhance it obviously and there's like little spoken word segments that i think are are critical you know in the in the story of it but like i'm like actually obsessed with it it's just so, like
1: he's like he's like look at all this stupid stuff we're obsessed with it's stupid and we can't yeah. stop like when he does the the reaction video thing
2: oh my god like, right like, I've never watched a reaction video before, but like, so, I, I like, but know. it feels like bullshit, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, They're all like, I'm just, like, who cares how you're reacting to something?
1: Like, how genuine are there? You got the like, and I, I know, I don't want to like gang up. Like, there's that guy who cried at the Rise of Skywalker trailer, and then like somebody, some Republican person made fun of him, and it became. But I'm like, how like. I have never cried to a movie trailer before, and like, did he? Or he cried at two trailers. I'm like, are people expecting him to cry? So now he does it. Like he tries to work it up, and yeah, because I just can't. Well, like it's if, just,
2: it's the it's like the thing that Bob Burnham does in in this special one of the spoken hmm. word things where he's like, can anybody at any point just not yeah their opinion out on whatever platform is out there can just shut the fuck up, just yeah, like, shut the fuck, the fuck up, up. Yep. just can everybody is it possible to just shut the fuck up and it's like (laughs) i agree like we don't have to have opinions about everything that's going on and it's like if we do have opinions you know it's great to be informed and like have those opinions but does the whole world have to know like you know that's like the thing that social media has done to us is like we think we have to be like oh i just watched this thing (laughs) like i'm gonna tell the whole world about it you know like
1: well and also the the i uh I don't agree with rape. I need to post about that. Like right. that should be a fucking like given. Right. Right. I don't agree with racism. I need to let right. everyone like I see these people I follow, I follow a lot of a lot of film writers and stuff like that and they want to be on the right side of everything, but do you right. have to announce... Inna- like it's like yeah, I know. Like
2: It feels like performative you know what yeah. i mean and it's just like and, but i love how um i love how he acknowledges it like in this special that he's like <laughs> why are you even listening to me like i'm just a privileged white guy he's right like, you know and he even says like oh but i you know, like in that comedy song like um that's when I mean, like, towards the beginning song. yeah like he's yeah.
1: like he's like i should probably sit back and listen but no i need to yeah yeah like, yeah gosh. i don't want to do that <laughs> and like when they get on like let's say like uh, like some celebrity dies but they like dated somebody like in the 90s and it's like she hasn't made a statement yet like what right. does she have to right. like yeah
2: like oh man and that's I, like that's what i love um because i feel like the special like what it does is it starts out being like i'm gonna make funny songs that are kind of quarantine related like mm-hmm. facetime with my mom and like yep.
1: oh the FaceTime oh, world my is terrible so
2: right and it's just <laughs> like well and comedy is like oh like you know i'm gonna like heal the world with comedy, you know, like um, and then he's like FaceTime with my mom and then like white woman's Instagram. But then like, you know, it gets to a point where I feel like he starts acknowledging his own mental health and it like it takes this turn where it's just like this introspection of like mental health when you're like locked in a room by yourself and the world is ending because like Mm -hmm. the world is ended, you know, (laughs) like it's like it's it's ended. It's just, you know, it doesn't go out with a bang, you know, it just sort of slides into it. And so it's just like the song that like really got me where I was like, um, this is, this is a whole other ball game was like the, the acoustic one, the oh. the funny feeling, mm-hmm. because like, to me, it's just like the whole song is about like, like existential dread basically, or just about like the existential dread that's come with like, what has caused the end of the world, which is essentially capitalism, you know, yeah. like, you know, like what is the line? It was like in honor of the revolution, it's 50% off at the gap. Right. <laughs> Just like fuck like fuck (laughs) it's so true yeah you know so yeah i i don't know like i just uh, every time i watch it i find like something new in it where i'm just like oh my god you glorious genius why how did you do this and like the cinematography is just annoyingly good for being in a room by yourself with a tape measure
1: right did did he did he when he was doing promising young woman uh Pressed? was he like looking bearded and so, i can't remember like i was trying to think i'm wow. like he might have been working on this during that because that came out in december actually, i don't even did he do press for promising young woman oh, i don't feel like i saw okay. him doing
2: any press for it because mm-hmm. i okay. i know he went to the premiere at sundance in 2020 mm-hmm. right and it was like they were like oh though burnham's out and about and yeah. is in this movie and stuff but like i don't actually remember him doing press during award season yeah I don't know. Well, I meant did. like when it,
1: like around release time in December when it came yeah. out. I was like mm,
2: I don't know. Did he? I don't know if I, I saw remember. him at all. <laughs> Cuz he was great in that movie. Oh yeah. I don't think there's a funnier scene than when he drinks the coffee mm. <laughs> after she spits in it. Oh yeah. Um, or that that great uh impromptu musical number. Just right. But yeah, I mean, I thought like I could talk about this special for <laughs> so long. Dude. <sighs> Like I just like, there's just so many little things. The only other thing I'm gonna mention that I think got the biggest laugh from me, but is now like, I feel it deep in my soul was the first was like the Bezos song when he's like yes. Jeffrey Bezos, and then it's just like, you know, he it like ramps up and it's like this big thing like fuck their wives, drink their blood, come on Jeffrey, you can do it, and it's just like going into it, and then he just like. Starts losing his shit on the keys and just playing the same riff over and over and just screams and it cuts him off. And it's like, that's exactly how it feels.
1: Like, that's how
2: it feels, even thinking about this fucker, you know, is like, you have nothing to say other than, "Ah!"
1: Didn't he have a (laughs) reprise of it too later on? And yeah, I was like, oh. Yeah, it's so good. You
2: did it. Congratulations. <laughs> and it's just like when he's completely lost his mind at that point. And mm-hmm. I think it comes after his whole um like acoustic thing where he's, you know, basically listing off all the, you know, capitalist things that have destroyed um the earth and the world. Um <laughs> and like uh, he's just like, Congratulations, Jeffrey.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right.
2: Oh, it's so good. Um, But yeah, I and also there was that uh, joke, um, that joke site Reductress, uh, which is one of my favorite like comedy headline kind of Mm -hmm. places. It's mostly for women, but like, um, you know, everybody can enjoy it. But it was like the the joke headline they put together was like, how to recommend Bo Burnham's new special without going into explicit detail about your mental health issues. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's just so true, because I feel like so many people who love it the most are people who are like, I have crippling anxiety sometimes. <laughs> like, this special made a lot of sense to me. And like, for me, at least, I don't know, I, I don't know about you, but I had like quarantine PTSD after watching it. I like had a couple, there were a couple moments in it where I was like, Oh, I haven't had that feeling since September,
1: 2021. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, there's yeah, definitely weird feelings and stuff. And it's just, I mean, it makes me like, yeah, I, I I'm shitty. I need to like, wh- I can't like, I need these things. I don't know how to get change myself. Like, cause God, there's so much shit that I, I actively am like, Oh, this is all so stupid, but here I am. Right. Here I am on doing it. And then I think of like, I think of like, I'm like social media. Oh, all that, I wish I could give up. But then I'm like, wait, I have like good things that like I, we know each other. This wouldn't happen without that kind of right? stuff. Like it's I'm like, but there's so much garbage. It's 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 a awful, awful well, battle mentally and.
2: But that's, like, it, right? Is like, it's mm-hmm. become so tied into our culture, we can't separate ourselves from it. Like, but it's also, like, so tied into, like, our careers, right? Right. like, we have to promote ourselves using social media. Like, it's become yeah. quintessential. Like and it's, I, like, that's ugh. so fucked. <laughs> yeah.
1: I should, I should tweet more, but I don't like opening it up. I'm, I like, know. who ugh. am I? To? I'm, like, oh, now I'm mad. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to get mad today. Like, I... I will like, say ugh. Twitter's
2: gotten a lot better ever since they blocked You Know Fucking Who.
1: Yes, so that has got... It's, that,
2: it's like changed it. It's like funny again in yeah. some places.
1: Oh, but the, um, fi- the film side of it can always be annoying to me. Oh, and yeah. just, I, oh, I Every
2: time there's like some drama on film Twitter, I'm always like, do I follow enough film Twitter people? Am it's, I a part no, of film Twitter? This is something or? I have talked. No, no. That just, I'm like, did I miss something?
1: <laughs> it's just talking about like film Twitter, and then there's the another one, the, the one that's the proud one that was the horror community that they liked to. Com- I'm like, you're just people who talk about horror on Twitter. It's not f- you guys would hate each other in real life, but you you like horror movies. Film Twitter's like I'm the most astute asshole possible, or I've got a hot take for you, like mm, it's yeah. all that stuff. But I have those are those are right. our peeps, so I gotta
2: to, to requote um, Bo Burnham. Can anyone at any point, just for one second, shut the fuck up?
0: <laughs> there we go,
1: and that's how we'll close. We'll close yes. with that. So that'll do it for today. This is just, uh, Chelsea, a long time awaiting your return. Very happy to have you back here. Oh. Um, you're welcome anytime. Um, so you. before we sign off for today, let people know where they can keep up with you on that social media stuff. On all and that social media stuff, that we just chat doing. all over. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for having me. It's always lovely chatting with you mm-hmm. and sorry it took so long. It's been a crazy, crazy couple months. But um, yeah, you can uh, follow the latest updates on my film, Bleeding Audio, um, we're on Instagram at Bleeding Audio Film and Twitter at Bleeding underscore Audio, and then we're also on Facebook. I think it's like backslash Bleeding Audio Film, and then you can also follow me on all the socials. I'm at Chelsea Krister on Instagram. I'm at Chelsmark on Twitter, and um, I try to avoid Facebook as much as possible. So
1: as one should.
2: If you if you friend me on there, I won't friend you back, and it's something personal. It's just because I don't use Facebook, so don't follow me on Facebook is what I'm trying to say and just hang out on Instagram or, or Twitter. That's where I'll be. So
1: yeah, that's me. A, a white woman's Instagram.
2: Yeah. Yep. I have a, I have a white woman's Instagram. You'll yes. see lots of photos of my dog.
1: <laughs> there we go. And, and it, I mean, what was happening in the last Man, you were having multiple successes with bleeding audio during the oh. time. So that was awesome. And then you moved. Yeah. So there's that, too. So um,
2: I I swear I'll get back to posting, you know, flower crowns on my dog and little tiny pumpkins and, you know, all the other things you'd expect from a white woman's Instagram.
1: Cannot (laughs) wait! All
0: right.
1: (laughs) And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD, written work dot com. There's more from The Brandon Peters Show this week. But until then, always remember to keep the positivity in that online film chatter.
0: Thank you for listening. can be found we've got mountains of content some better some worse if none of it's of interest to you you'd be the first